0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show
1: on the Premier Radio Networks. Welcome back. All right, Golden State won in Miami last night. Golden State's won five straight. They are 15-7 on the season. And I'm joined right now by a power forward in his eighth year in the league. It's his third with Golden State. He was an all-star back in 2010. He is the only player in the NBA, averaging 19 points, 11 boards, and more than three assists a night, and he's gone 20 and 10 five straight games. I am joined by David Lee. David, great to have you. How are you Mademois. Good to have you. Appreciate it. So you beat Miami last night in 97 to 95. I know it's a regular season game in December, but when you beat the defending champs on their own court, does it feel like more than just another win?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've had a couple of those this trip, Uh, between beating Miami and beating Brooklyn on their court. uh, It it really is a a confidence booster for us, and and we went into that game last night thinking we we had a chance to win if we stuck to our game plan and and defended and rebounded the way we're capable, and and we were were lucky to get a win, and and, uh, I'm just very proud of our guys.
1: Hey, David, talk about the young guys and what a game like that does for them, specifically Draymond Green. I mean, he was out there going in and getting into it with LeBron, he hits that last second shot. For a young player like that, what's something like that do for his confidence?
0: It's huge, and, and we've relied a lot on our, as you know, our young guys all season long, and uh, we have a great a great mix of, of veterans and, and, and young guys in our first and second year that play a big role on our team, and, and a guy like Draymond has, has stayed humble all season, as has, you know, Fester Cazili and Harrison Barnes and those guys, and they've they've tried to learn everything they can in, in this young season, and and uh, a game like last night is is a great learning experience for those guys. And and uh, and Draymond made a huge play at the end. We're really proud uh, yeah. you
1: know, of what he did. I was going to say, David, he stayed humble throughout the season, but he wasn't backing down, and he was jawing with LeBron during that game. Did you like to see that from him and that kind of confidence from him?
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, we have we have a team that uh, that that uh, you know we're going to go out there and we're going to try to be the aggressor for 48 minutes and. And we have a great amount of confidence as a team, and we we realize we're not the most talented team in the league. But uh, our goal is to outwork the opponent, and uh, and he's a guy that kind of epitomizes that night in and night out. And he's you know, not as athletic as LeBron, you know, not as tall as LeBron, not as strong. But uh, he went out there and competed with him, toe, you know, toe to toe for the entire time he was in there, and. Uh, and you got to give him respect for that. It was a great job by j
1: David Lee is my guest. It seems to me if you've got one guy who feels that way, that's a positive. If you've got an entire locker room full of guys that take the floor every single night with that kind of attitude, you're going to win more than you lose, and there was some criticism directed at that team before the season. Did guys hear it? Did they take it personally, and do they carry that with them on the floor?
0: Absolutely. I mean, we you know everything was, I think it was said before the season, we had a 0% chance of making the playoffs. We we're going to finish 13th in the West, and and uh, and this is you know this is when we assumed we even had Andrew Bogut playing. So we came into the season very confident about our chances, and and uh, and, and we love the group of guys we had. Our chemistry is and our character level in that locker room is as good as any team in the league, and uh, we're using that to our advantage. And and a lot of the grinded out sort of games like last night's game was uh, were, were games that we would have lost by five or six points last year if not more. And we're finding ways to 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 get stops and get rebounds when we need to. And that's been the biggest change this year is our, our team was 30th in the league in rebounding last year, and now we're top five. So, you know, those those little grinded games that we were losing last year now turn into wins for us, and it's
1: huge. Hey, David, what is that? Is that technique, or is that more attitude mentality, improving your rebounding like that?
0: I think the majority of it's you know, attitude and mentality. I mean, you know, we were playing a little smaller last year with, with Monte and Steph at the, at the guard spots, and... And, uh, and with me playing a lot of center, and we've added some some length and some size. Uh, also on the wings, Harrison and Claire are much better rebounders for us this year. But, you know, a lot of it has just put an emphasis on it. And, and we got out-rebounded early in the season. We lost at home in double overtime to Denver. And uh, it was a tough loss for us. And we really we, we watched the film and, and pointed to the, the rebounding as the reason. And, and since then, I don't think we've been out-rebounded by anybody. And uh, and that's that's huge for us because, we can get stops and rebounds. We have plenty of you know talent offensively to, to to carry the load.
1: David Lee joining us. Shaquille O'Neal dropped a nickname on you after watching you take over a game against Denver. He hit you with WCW White Chris Weber. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, it was a big compliment. You know, I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Chris Weber's game, and I, I was lucky enough when I got into the league to catch him at the end of his career when he was in Detroit. Uh, but, you know, seen plenty of, of highlights of him, and, and he obviously did a lot of great things in Golden State. So I uh, appreciate Big Fellow's, uh, big Fellow's nickname. You know, anytime you can be compared to a great player like that, it's a big compliment.
1: The thing is, David, that's not your only one. You've got a couple of nicknames you can rock. Then there's, there's FEMA, which came when you were with the New York Knicks. Oh, and I want, to, yeah, I want you to straighten this thing out now. I mean, an anonymous scout told SI that they hit you with that because, quote, you're never there when you're needed. Where did that nickname <laughs> come from? And I'm guessing you don't like that one as much as WCW
0: not at all you know what we uh that was back my second year in my in my in my career so I was only playing about 20 minutes or losing every game by 30 anyway so I don't know when I was supposed to be counted on at that point but we uh no that that story was a good one we uh Spike Lee came to uh to our practice and he remember did the the documentary on Katrina and came and showed it to our whole team first day of training camp and Isaiah Thomas was our coach and and uh, we got into the the opening, you know, opening drills and training camp. We're doing three on two, two on one. And Steve Francis didn't pass me the ball two or three times in a row when I was wide open. I was like, you know, come on, Steve, like, what are you doing right now, buddy? And He's like, look, man, we just watched that documentary. You're the only white guy on the team, and guess what? I'm equating you to FEMA right now. So you're not getting the ball the whole rest of the day. And the nickname stuck. So uh, it was a uh, we had some some uh, definitely a cast of characters on that team, but that's how that nickname came about. So. I think the anonymous the anonymous the old trusted anonymous scout might have been wrong although
1: God, that is incredible. Uh, th- th- there's so many things about what you just said that are amazing to me. Number one, I love the explanation that, hey, by the way, we were losing every single night, and we were down by 30, and I didn't play that much, so I don't know when they were counting on me. And number two, I mean, is that really how that went down? Steve Francis said, I'm not passing it to you because you're the only white guy, and we just saw that documentary, and now that's your nickname, FEMA?
0: No, I mean, and, and he, said, he said this as a joke. I mean, Steve, Steve wasn't, wasn't meaning it uh, in a rude way, but he said that as a joke because he'd, he'd missed me open a couple times, but um, but yeah, it's just funny how, it just stuck. how those things go down and then it gets it gets uh, recreated. But I'll you know, take it and, and uh, prove everybody wrong.
1: As David, well. you know, it seems like there's more and more of quote the non anonymous scout, the anonymous source. As a pro athlete, what do you think about anonymous quotes, scouts, and sources?
0: You know, I dealt with it a lot when I was in New York, and, and you know, some of those uh, some of the reporters up there, their fame, their, their favorite line is to come to you after the game and be like, "Yo, tell you what, one of your teammates." One of your teammates, you know, said that uh, you know Nate Robinson wouldn't pass the ball in the last five minutes. Well, what are your thoughts on that? You say well, which one of my teammates would say that? I thought Nate made some great passes. Well, you know, he, he wants to be unnamed. He's just like, come on, man, just <laughs> just ask the question. You don't have to hit me with the anonymous one. So that's uh, I dealt with that a lot in New York. That's a that's a tough one to go by. And, and I think every player in the NBA is a fan of when guys have something to say, stepping up and and uh, and taking claim to it. But. Well, that's one of the things that has been great this year is that, is that we have a, a great group and guys have all been on the same page. And it's, I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to play ball when things are like that.
1: That's amazing. You know, I don't think the average fan understands that, that there's so many different agendas and so many different personalities and guys fighting for different things. I mean, it's amazing that five guys can take the floor and maybe seemingly be playing for five different reasons. It's no wonder. I mean, how, that, people always talk about chemistry. It really isn't overrated, is it?
0: No, it's not. And, and I'll tell you what the, one of the biggest one of the biggest misconceptions about the NBA is. You look at a team, for instance, like the Wizards right now, that everybody's all over for their record, and you figure and you look at the boxer, You think, oh, you know, these teams that are bad lose every game by 25 points. That's not the case. I mean, if you if you look at it, a team like the Wizards, I'll bet a handful of their losses have been by six points or less. And I'm just using them as an example. But the, the NBA game. The, the difference between wins and losses. A team like the Spurs are the same way. They seem to win all those close games, and and, it, and there's not much of a difference between winning and losing. So I think a lot more of it than people realize comes down to chemistry and character, and, and finding a way to all be like you said, having having the same agenda and, and and being unselfish. I think that's a huge part of 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 you know what goes into wins and losses in the league.
1: David Lee, my guest. You know I'm looking at the numbers, David, and as I mentioned, you're the only player in the NBA averaging 19 points, 11 boards. And three and a half assists. You've got five straight twenty ten games. You're clearly playing at an all star level. Do you expect to be playing in an all star game this year?
0: I sure hope so. And 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 the reason being, you know, that we're winning games. And and I've always, you know, I put up big numbers last year. And when it came time for all star time, they said, oh, do you deserve to be an all star?" I said, "I don't. I don't think I deserve to because our team doesn't have the record that reflects it." And I think that you know, Steph and I. Will be given some consideration, and 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 I think it's it's because our team, you know, is doing what people didn't expect us to do, and that's you know winning games. And we need to keep that up, and I think that's the the way I can improve my my chances the most. Along with you know, same thing with Steph Curry, is we just keep winning games.
1: Let me ask you one, one last thing. There was a story that a Thanksgiving dinner for a needy families in Oakland was in danger of being canceled. A team executive came to you and said, hey, listen, can you help out? Would you like to make a donation? And the story goes that you didn't make a donation, but you covered the entire shortfall. Is that how that went down? And tell me about that. Why would you do that?
0: Yeah, that is how it went down. You know, I, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to uh, to be making the money that I am and, and uh to, to be blessed with so many things and uh and you know they they came to me and said you know that the funding had been cut and that and there was you know three thousand people or something they were going to feed and that they wouldn't have the chance to to do that if i if, if somebody didn't help out and it was twenty five thousand. i said i was happy to do it you know that's one of the, the great things we have an opportunity to do you know by you know by joining a community to play basketball there is to is to be a part of that community and help them out we have great fans and uh, and, and it was great to be able to, to give back and to do that and, and I get to go by there and help serve food and that. So it was anytime you can give back like that, it's it's a part of our job and I think it's something that's necessary for athletes to do in the communities where they play.
1: Good for you. What a great story. Hey, one last thought. Last month in a game against the Clippers you famously yelled at Blake Griffin to stop flopping. What do you make of a guy who's just, he's a stud? He's 6'10", he's 250, athletically he can do things that nobody else can do, yet he can get knocked over by a gust of wind. I mean, is that gamesmanship? <laughs> is it cheating? Is it cheap? Where do you come out?
0: Well, the NBA, you know, the NBA's putting putting in rules for that right now. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into anything specific about Blake, but, uh, but you know, it, it's tough because, like you said, its he, he's one of the more physical players in the league, and then that tends to occasionally happen, but. He's a great player and and he's a, a tough guy to compete against' That's what makes even more frustrating is you know he'll he'll fall over on that one and then the next one he'll go up and and you'll be on sports center for two months from him dunking on you. so it's it's a fine line and uh and I know it's tough you know it's been a tough for these uh for these flopping calls for for them to to manage it because a lot of times there is a lot of contact when guys fall and other times there's not so it's it's a very fine line and and uh, you know, I I was a little upset at the time because you know it was a it was a two point game or whatever it was at the end of the fourth quarter. So I kind of let my emotions get the best of me.
1: David Lee, eight years in, three with Golden State, and the Warriors are red hot. They won five in a row on the road, and they beat Miami last night. David, great great job. Good to have you on the show. We got to do it again soon.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll try to keep it up. We got two more on the road here against uh, Orlando and Atlanta, and we got to get it done.
1: You got it. Great talking to you. Nice job. He's going to end up as an analyst one day, if that's what he wants to do. Got great perspective, good outlook, very conversational, good story, good interview. The only player going 19-11-3 every single night, and they beat Miami last night. You know what I like? At the very end of that, too, that was really telling. I mean, they could come home right now. They didn't get blown out those last two games. That's a great road trip. He said, we got to keep it up. We've got two more. It doesn't sound like Golden State, right? Back in the day, if you had gone to them and said, "Hey, if you win five out of seven on the road, would you consider that a good trip?" They'd take that all day long. He made it clear we've won five straight, but we're not done. We've got to keep it up. That thing about Blake Griffin was great. He said, "Look, I might have got caught up. It's a little frustrating when one of the most physical guys in the NBA, who can dominate other guys physically, just fall down, falls down for no reason at all in a two-point game. And then I know a play later he can rise up over me and put me on Sports Center for the next two months with the same with a similar play." WCW, the white Chris Weber. He said, I appreciated that. Better than FEMA. I love the way he laid that out. The, the rap was, he's not a guy you can count on. He was never there when you needed him. He said, look, we lost every night by 30 points, and I didn't play very much, so I don't know when they needed me. So good. Boy, New York's a good place when you're on top and things are going well, and it's a bad place when things aren't. I also loved his take about the anonymous teammate. A guy would come up to him and say, one of your teammates said this about you. Really? Who said that? Yeah, yeah. He, has, he prefers that I keep it anonymous. Come on, man. Ask the question. What's the question? I've heard athletes say to me, anytime somebody says, this guy said this anonymously, at least half of me thinks that the reporter made it up. That such a quote doesn't exist. I could see where they would think that. It is, after all, anonymous.